Hi, I'm Amira Khalid, and I'm the creator and host of Inspiring UA Women, the one and only podcast focused on female leaders in the United Arab Emirates. I enjoy meeting and talking to female leaders and finding out how they charted their path to professional success. In my show, Inspiring UA Women, I will be interviewing and shining the spotlight on a diverse group of female leaders in the UAE and inspire women in the region with their success stories. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoy listening to my podcast. And if you do, please subscribe and leave your comments and ratings on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on LinkedIn at Inspiring UA Women Podcast, Instagram at IUAW Podcast, and Facebook at Inspiring UA Women Podcast. You can also email me on inspiringuawomen at gmail.com to get in touch. My guest today is Rukshar Malik. Rukshar is a prominent female business owner and co-founder of Pastel Salon. She has forged a reputation in Dubai as a leader within the hair and beauty industry. At the young age of 18, she moved to London, where she spent two years training in several prestigious hair academies, such as Vidal Sasson, Tony and Guy, L'Oreal Technical Academy, and Nikki Clark, amongst many others, to perfect her craft. In 2016, Rukshar was one of a select group of salon owners invited to participate in the inaugural Adal Santi Business Leadership Program, mentored by business guru Susie Santiago, and named as one of the winners for the Adal Santi Business Leadership Award in 2017. She was also the professional beauty ambassador, as well as a speaker for the 2017 Professional Beauty Event, which is the leading event for salon and spa professionals across the GCC. Rukshar was also invited to judge the Professional Beauty Awards in 2018 and 2019 and won the Professional Beauty Business Director of the Year Award in 2019. Rukshar has developed and implemented various solutions such as the 8K Business Boost, the Pastels Client Journey, to optimize the business, which has resulted in Pastels winning multiple awards over the years, including the 2017 Watson Award for Favorite Hair Salon, Best Hair and Nail Salon Dubai at the Lux Awards, and most recently, the Best Hair and Beauty Salon at the Professional Beauty GCC Awards 2021. Thank you so much for being on my show, Rukshar. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. My first question is, tell us about your background and how did you become interested in cosmetology? Hi, Amira. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. And I'm pleased to share my thoughts, ideas with your great topic of inspiring the UAE women. I'm Indian, born and brought up in Pune. I was lucky enough for my parents and fortunate enough that my parents were able to send me at the age of 18, young age, to London to do a hairdressing course because that's what I decided to do. Initially wanted to study architecture, but when I couldn't get into the particular college that I wanted, I used to always sort of play around with people's hair tried experimenting, cutting people's hair. And I never thought of it as a profession that many years ago. So I'm talking about possibly like 30 plus years ago. And never thought of it as a profession, really. It was my cousin who brought it to my notice. So I looked into it. And then my mom was very particular with her own haircut. So she said, I want you to go to a proper course where you can study it properly and learn properly. So I was fortunate enough to be able to be sent to London to study at the Morris Masterclass. Then I went to Vidal Sassoon, Tony and Guy, Complexions International, uh, Nikki 
Nikki Clark later on to do sort of a internship. So I spent uh, almost two and a half years in London and then came back to India and worked for a short while with a salon in Pune. Very quickly understood that I really wanted to do my own business, not to be dependent on anybody for money. I then thought that, okay, I want to now run the business because I had been trained in London. I'd learned uh, the professional side of the business and everything. And of course, I was new. I was only, what, 20 something at that time when I set up. My mom and dad set me up in their outhouse at the back. So I had a two chair salon, one backwash and no help. I did everything myself from my cashing up, accounting, washing towels. That's what sort of led me into the whole cosmetology field. So from there, how did Pastel Salon happen? I ran my salon actually successfully in Pune for seven years. I was fully booked because there were not many trained stylists in Pune. I was one of the few. I think we were just three or four of us. I got married in 1994 and I was expecting my first child in 96. My husband was at that time working in Bombay. I had my salon in Pune. I used to shuffle between Bombay and Pune. And then he got this offer to come to Dubai when we just heard that we were expecting our first child. And he asked me, what do you want to do? So I thought, oh, brilliant. I don't want to work for two years because I was so, so busy. This is an ideal time for me to take a break because I want to spend the first year with my child. It's two years. Let's go. So that's what led me to Dubai, his job. I started doing friends hair at home. And then I realized very quickly that with a young baby, it's very difficult. I wanted to be in a professional environment. My that time boss and now my business partner, Stephen Chan, he was the first guy who gave me a part-time job, the first salon that allowed me to work part-time because I had a baby. I didn't want to do a full-time job. So when she was asleep in the afternoon, I would go to the salon and work. I worked with him for seven years. And then I had my second child in the meanwhile. So our two-year stint in Dubai, obviously, by this time, you have realized we've been here 25 years. After my second child, I said to Stephen, I said, you know, I really would like to restart my own business. So would you like to be my partner or would you like to be competition? So he said, I'll be your partner. You manage it, you do whatever. Because we had built up a very good rapport and relationship by then. I got an offer from one of our clients, his client actually, which was my client by then, Jeanette Watts, who runs the product house now here in the UAE. She said, look, I've got this very interesting concept. It's with the Landmark Group, the Tranquility Spa. Would you like to be a part of that? And they have a very small space for a salon. Would you like to set up a salon in there? So I said, sounds amazing. So we set up within the Tranquility Spa. Unfortunately, the Oasis Mall, as you know, burnt down in the salon space, remained actually intact. So we were able to extract all our equipment from there and set up in another villa. So that's how then from the Tranquility, we became pastors. And it was only Stephen and myself. We were not part of the Landmark Group. It was opened in 2006. Raksha, as a female entrepreneur, what are the perks and challenges of owning your own business? So like I said in the beginning, I always knew I wanted to earn my own money, right? So when you have your own business, you're pretty much in control of how you earn your money. You either put your heart and soul and passion into it, make it flourish, grow the business to such a level that you can earn pretty much what you want. So for me, it was very, very important to have that earning power that I was in charge of my own finances. I've been very fortunate actually with Stephen as a partner. If he has a point of view, he definitely puts his point of view across, but very rarely does he interfere in the running of the business. The perks are, of course, having that independence to mold the business, grow the business. You know, those are all the perks. And of course, one of the big challenges, I'm responsible for my team members, their families. One of the challenges I also find is the transient uh, nature of people coming and going. So when you build up a team, though I'm very fortunate that I've had my team members, some of them right from day one. So we don't have that much movement of staff. But when somebody has to leave and go home, for whatever reason, they go home. For me, that has been been a challenging part to maintain the team. Otherwise, I find challenges actually excite me. 
because it makes me do something out of the box. Last year, of course, due to COVID, we had that. And that was a first for worldwide businesses dealing with something like that. But other than that, I think we've really managed with the help of my team because I have the most amazing team and amazing management team, supportive partner, supportive family members. So challenges are easy to overcome. So when you own a business like this with a predominantly female team, you also step into a mentorship role for them. Does that intimidate or excite you? Being part of a mentorship role really excites me. It really does. I love sharing my knowledge and I love learning. So I'm consistently learning. I'm doing a course called High Performance Money because my focus this year is to bring the numbers back up and build the business back up from last year. So learning is a huge one for me as well sharing what I learn with others. I take great pride in saying that it's not me only that's learning. I make sure that team members are learning. They grow professionally. They upskill themselves, not only in business, But even from our nail girls, our assistants, everybody gets a chance to grow. So assistants can become junior stylists. So we have training programs for them. We ensure that these women get the skills so that they can go back to their own countries and start their own businesses. One of my first staff members, Renuka, uh, had been with me till two years ago. She decided to go home and she's now set up a little salon in India, up in Darjeeling, a small three or four chair salon. She sends me pictures and I'm so glad that I've been able to help her along the way in doing that. So for me, I don't find it intimidating. I find it actually exciting to be in a mentorship role. Now, even in 2021, being attractive is still perceived as an asset for corporate women. What are your thoughts on this? Many people judge a book by its cover, right? Yes, up to a certain point, we have to be presentable, especially in a trade like ours. But I don't agree that to be in a corporate role, you need to be attractive. When I was much younger, maybe I would have thought yes. And I know lots of people do think that. But today, I really don't think that. Confidence, knowing and having the knowledge of what you're doing, the way you carry yourself, the way you groom yourself is enough. If you're smart, you've got the intelligence. I feel that overshadows physical attractiveness. And it's important to be able to carry yourself well and really know your subject, know your business. And that I feel overshadows physical attractiveness for sure. Rukshar, could you name a woman who has inspired you the most and why? Oprah Winfrey. I find her very inspiring. She's basically a global tour de force. Her journey of her life has been actually quite traumatic from a young age. The way she has grown out of that, put all that aside and blossomed into this beautiful human being that looks after people, cares for people, helps people, shares all her learnings with the world, brings light to subjects that need to be brought out, like racism, gender equality. These are all things that she works towards. She supports women. She has a adopted young children from Africa. She's got a school in Africa. She does the most amazing things to bring up and empower women. So for me, women empowerment is huge. So I would say Oprah Winfrey. Rukshir, do you believe that being a woman impacts your leadership style? So Amira, I think it impacts it positively. As a working mother and as a multitasking woman, you tend to be more compassionate. I understand other women that they have their families, they have their children. We are very, very open with that at Pastels and we call them pastels babies because we've had so many babies within pastels alone over the last 16 17 years i feel that it definitely impacts me positively i'm also a very compassionate and a caring person so you look at the clients you look at the business you look at everybody around staff team members with those eyes and you use those qualities to look after them as well so i say positive impact yes nothing in my life is negative <laughs> my last question is what are three pieces of advice you would offer other professional women 
So number one would be believe in yourself. Love what you do. Make sure that you're fully knowledgeable in the subject or the business that you're going to start or take on. And always be willing to learn more. You never stop learning in life at whatever age you are. That would be my number one. Number two would be work with passion and honesty and care for your team members. If you look after them with fairness, honesty, take care of them, their families, they will be there to serve your clients with the best possible experience. Treat others how you want to be treated yourself. So work with passion, honesty, and care for your team. Three would be whatever your business is. Today, mine's a beauty salon. Somebody else may be running a marketing company. Whatever service that you would like to receive from a professional that you're seeking advice from, make sure you're offering that service to your customer. Keep the customer at the forefront of the business because that's what's going to make your business successful. Your team is, of course, core. But without your customers, you have no business. So make sure the way you treat them is how you would like to be treated. Thank you so much for being on my show, Rukshar. It really was a pleasure having you. Thank you, Amira. It was a pleasure being on your show and good luck with all the rest of the wonderful, inspiring, empowering women that you're going to interview in the future. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Inspiring UA Women podcast. The beauty industry, which comprises of skincare, cosmetics, hair care, fragrances, and personal care has been showing a steady growth for the past eight years now. And this growth has been consistent across all the sectors. However, in 2020, as a result of the disruption caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, the global beauty industry suffered an estimated 20 to 30% decline, according to McKinsey and Company. The industry is projected to recover and be worth over US dollar 463.5 billion by 2027. Beauty is an area that UA consumers are clearly not prepared to compromise on, and that is why the beauty market in the region is forecast to cross US dollar 3 billion by 2025. There are more than 3,000 hair salons only across the UAE. This is due to a rising consciousness about appearance amongst consumers, increasing demand from the youth population, and a rapidly growing number of beauty salons across the country. Analysts Euromonitor International also reported that UA consumers typically spend the most per capita on cosmetics and personal care than any other MENA country. I learned from Rukshar, a female entrepreneur in the beauty industry, that it is important to be both relentless and resilient in finding a way to achieve your objectives, that challenges can be perceived as an opportunity to think outside the box, that it is critical to mentor and nurture your team, that being a female leader allows you to view things from a unique lens and lastly continue learning and be passionate and knowledgeable about your chosen subject matter if you'd like to reach out feel free to connect with me on linkedin at inspiring ua women podcast instagram at iuaw podcast facebook at inspiring ua women podcast or email me on inspiring ua women at gmail.com see you next thursday